through me. You know, it's not about me. It's not about any preacher. It's about him. Let's magnify him right now. So look, look, let's give him praise. Let's give him a yell. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Yes, thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you this morning. Lord, we're thankful for your presence in this place, Lord Jesus. Lord, without you, I would still be dead in sin. Without you, I would be lost. Lord, without your work on the cross, I would be dead. Lord, thank you for the life you've given me. Thank you for the job, the security, Lord, that you've given me this morning. Lord, not by my own hands. Everything we have in this place that's good in your life is because of him. It's not because of the sweat of your brow. It's not because of that. It's because of him. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we extol you here this morning. Lord, we praise your holy name this morning. We praise your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to give it a minute because I believe the Holy Spirit is still working on some people in this place. So let's just be let's just be silent before him for a minute. Lord, we thank you. Touch them. Lord, touch them, Lord. Jesus. by the Holy Spirit. I don't care if I've spent two weeks on a message or anything. I want the Spirit to lead because the Spirit changes people. You know, it's, it's we're, in a, we're in a time now where we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. I don't even want to wake up and get a glass of water without the Holy Spirit. And you'll be like, well, that sounds ridiculous. No, I want to be spirit-led in everything I do because if the Lord says don't get that glass of water, then you know not to get that glass of water. But it's just Look, it's just an example. Can we have an honest service this morning? Can we say what the what God's saying about the church at large today? There was an underground Chinese pastor who was brought to America and they took him to many churches, mega churches across the US. They took him to all these big churches across the whole U.S. and they asked him what he thought. What did he? What was the Holy Spirit telling him? And he goes, "I'm just so surprised that you can accomplish so much without the Holy Spirit." That's what the church has turned into. We know it. We, you know, we know that the church around here, we come here. That's why nobody's excited to come to church because they're not having the encounter with the, with God like they like they should. And you know we can say some hard things. Look, look, I see kingdom, kingdom over culture, right? We have to be kingdom minded. And I know that some cultures, you're just late to everywhere you go. And I understand that, but that's not kingdom. We're supposed to be on kingdom time. And I hear it all the time. Well, it's my culture, really, because God's word says otherwise. And it's not to offend you. It's so we all can get better. Look. Time is the most precious thing that we have. There's nothing more precious than time. And if you're stealing time, you have to repent for stealing time. Just be aware of that because we do it so nonchalantly. We do it because, oh, it'll be there. It'll happen. Look, we take things of God so easy. So we we have more faith in, in showing up on time to our children's choir practices and football games and baseball games and, and swimming meets than we do come into church. The church today has no Holy Spirit. That you can come here, hear a message, leave unchanged, like you didn't even come to church that day. That's the problem in the church. That's why pastors have to push into prayer more, have to sacrifice more. We have to consecrate ourselves from this world. You go back to your sin like you didn't even go to church. We, we limit the Holy Spirit's move during the church service. We keep the Holy Spirit confined until the altar call. 
And that's the only option. We don't give the church any option to participate in the service until it's at the end. We're like, okay, Holy Spirit, now you have five minutes to move. How awful is that? Who are we to say, Holy Spirit, you have five minutes to move? We don't have to work up the Holy Spirit. We change the atmosphere where we go. If you are a God-fearing, born-again Christian, you walk in, revival is with you. You go pray for people. You, 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 know, you, you love on people. That's the thing. We, we need to love people most, right? The church is not known to have power because it's exactly like the world. We, listen to, we watch the same shows as Christians. We listen to the same music. We party the same. We go out and drink like the, like the world. We put our kids before God. We put our pets before God. We gossip more. Do you know we never talk about gossip in the church? Gossiping will keep you out of heaven. Do we understand that gossip will keep you out of heaven? It doesn't matter. Like, we need to preach on everything. Everything, there's nothing hidden. Gossip will keep you out of heaven. But, you know, we're exactly like the world. So people come in here, they can't find no Holy Spirit, so therefore they get no rest. They go out, they go, they leave unchanged. So why come back here? Why? Why would I waste two hours in my morning? That's what they're thinking. I'm wasting two hours. Because they're not encountering God every time they come here. You know, we need to tremble to give words from God. Look, it's an honor to be up here to preach to you. This is an honor. Look, it's not because I'm a, some great person. It's because the Lord's moved on me and told me to do it. And I didn't even grow up saying I was going to be a pastor or none of that. I didn't, not until I was almost 40 years old. I thought maybe at one time I'd be a youth pastor, but... I don't even like kids. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was just joking. Sometimes people, honestly, sometimes we're worse off than the world. And this is truth. We're just speaking truth this morning. There's Look, if you need a feel-good message, go pull up one on, on YouTube. Because we're not doing that anymore. We want the Lord to move. We want to see people set free from fear, anxiety, demonic oppressions. We want to see lives change. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look over the last 20 years, church attendance in America and around the world has declined. Why? Because there's no miracles. There's no healings. We're not casting out demons. We're not loving each other like we should. We don't read the word like we should. We don't pray like we should. It should be everything we are and everything we do, not just this morning, but tomorrow morning. When I wake up, I should have the same mindset that I had this morning. Did Jesus die on the cross for us to come here week after week, display no, display no power, walk in depression, and then doubt of Jesus who is who he says he is? Is that, who, is that what we died on the cross for? If we're being honest when we sing these worship songs, what would they really be sounding like if it was your life? I know I doubt all the time. I know I don't believe your word. I know, no, but listen, listen, it's, it's, it's funny because it's so true. You know, we'll sit here and act like the most spiritual people when we sing these songs. Lord, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy, but my life is anything but. Lord, you changed my life. Lord, fear cannot stand in your presence, but I go home and I, all I do is fear. You know, like, what are we doing as a body? Look, we are, we are just seeing, we're just seeing the church go to even deeper sleep. It was asleep before, but now it's going into a, a coma. In Jesus' day, the church had nothing, but they did everything. Now we possess all things and do nothing. We don't do anything. We don't. That is why Satanism, New Age religion, perversion is growing at an incredible rate. That's why you can go on TikTok now and see little kids doing things they shouldn't be doing and de demons entering them. 
People go to psychics, get tarot card readings. They put more trust in, in astrology than the Bible. They're, they're signed. That's all witchcraft. All of it. You're, even your fortune cookies can be witchcraft. You'll say, Pastor, well, I know that's a little extreme. We have to be extreme. Amen. you got to watch what you're allowing to speak into your lives. Listen, if you go to a psychic, you're opening yourself up to demons. You are. You're opening yourself to so much evil. If you sleep with people outside of marriage, there's a spirit spouse that's going to come into your life and then try to choke you out. Because whatever that person has in their life and they're dealing with, when you become one in them in flesh, you're, you're taking it on. You're taking it on. You have people going after spiritual crystals. Why? Because this generation can't find rest. This generation will do anything for rest. But the church is not being the church. And it, look, look, this is a hard thing. I sat for two and a half weeks over this. And I'm like, I'm feeling things and I'm writing things down. And I'm going, Lord, Lord, this is, this is hard for a lot of people. Might, might only be three people next week. <laughs> All these open demonic doors. You know what? You can even be watching some things. Like, you know, if you're set and watching fornication on your TV, you're coming into agreement with that. If you're set and listening to the Lord's name be taken in vain, you're coming into agreement with that. If you're watching homosexual whatever on TV, you're coming into agreement with that. Guess what it does? It strips you of your authority. You have no authority over it. If you're listening to, to a bunch of filth all day, no wonder you're walking around depressed. Look, you're speaking death over your life. Where's the discernment in the body of Christ? The leadership of any church needs to be so set apart that we don't move unless the Holy Spirit says to. Amen. We don't preach unless it's from the throne of God. Amen. Do we know who Jesus is today? Because the world is looking for a spiritual encounter that's or the spiritual store, right? Like three doors down would not be here. You're looking, you know, we are made to worship. Do you know that? You are made with an innate ability in your life to worship. So if you don't worship the one true God, you're going to worship something else. You're going to replace God with whatever it is, money, alcohol, lust, boyfriend, girlfriend. You're going to do those things because you have something in you that says, I need to worship. That's why people have 30 cars out here. And then they keep them in a museum. They never drive them around because they're worshiping their cars. Do we understand the work of Jesus on the cross? Do we really understand the work of Jesus on the cross? Do we understand that Jesus gave everything? That God bankrupt heaven? For you and for me. Did he come to do that so we could do the bare minimum? So we could come here once or twice a month. Be unchanged. Leave unchanged. Just to say we come to church. Isn't salvation more than that? Don't you want more out of your salvation? No. You know. It's sad. But like. That's why we have to. Give him everything. Because look, the, it's a war. The enemy's coming after your soul. There's no, he's not trying to be your friend. So if you're playing with sin, you need to, you need to repent. He's not here to make friends with you. He's here to do one thing. To deceive you. To deceive you and to take you to hell. That's it. I just want to start John 19, 1 through 3. John 19, 1 through 3. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. And he, bearing the cross, went out to the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Galgotha. Do 
Do we understand that making it through a scourging would have left him in a critical state? Do you know that a scourging was so bad that the Romans law would not let Roman citizens endure it? That's how bad it was. Most people didn't even live through it. The victim was first stripped of all clothing, then tied to a post with his hands and feet above his head to stretch the skin, making the wounds worse. He was then flogged by one or two people with a whip or a flangelum. This whip, often called a cat of nine tails, consisted of a handle about 18 inches long with nine leather straps. All of them were about six or seven feet long. And at the end of each strap were small lead balls mixed with pieces of animal bone or metal. These would tear into the body more and more with each successive lashing. Do we understand who we serve today? With the lead balls ripping into the skin and the jagged pieces of bone or metal tearing it out. As the flogging progressed, muscles, vital organs, and even the spine could often be seen openly. Huge strips of skin would be hanging from the body. After this, Jesus was required to carry the cross. He carried the cross. Why? For you. Why? So we could do the bare minimum? No. You know how much the cross, the beam, was set to weigh? Between 75 and 125 pounds. After being in a critical state, probably only alive because the Lord strengthened him the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus died the night before before he died on Calvary because he gave up his will the night before. Mark 15, 16 through 20. Mark 15, 16 through 20. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Pastoratorium. Then they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed, and then they spit on him. And bowing the knee, they worshipped him. They were mocking him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Do we understand the cost? Is it so we can be so blessed in America, go to our jobs, never have to work while people go to hell by the popos? This message is to realign us with heaven. Don't mistake conviction for condemnation. 1 Peter 2.24.25 1 Peter 2.24.25 Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed for you were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Why are we so casual with the overseer of our souls? Does everybody here understand that eternity is coming for you? You won't be able to stand before God and say you didn't know. Because you've heard more preaching than anyone back in the day. We've all heard way more preaching. We know Jesus was crucified. Thank the Lord he rose again, and that's why we're able to be here today. If he didn't rise, we wouldn't have a risen Savior, and our sins would not be forgiven. But since he did rise, we have an advocate with the Father. So if you sin, you can, you can be made right with him. But it's not a once saved, always saved type thing. You can't come up here, say a prayer, leave unchanged, go out there, live like the world, and say, hey, God, I'm ready to come into your kingdom. It's just not going to work like that. Nope. Luke 13. Everybody turn to Luke 13 if you have your Bibles. Luke 13, 22 through 28. Luke 13, 22 through 28. 
And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not be able to. And not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer you and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Strive. Listen, let's all be honest. Are we striving to enter the narrow gate today? Are you striving? Do you know what striving? Striving means to make great efforts to achieve or to obtain something. Are you making great efforts for God? Because the Bible is telling us that the road is narrow and we must strive to get into heaven. If this doesn't wake you up, you need God now. Strive. Strive. Do we see we have examples of striving, right? Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls. Strives. He strives. If he didn't strive to be the best quarterback, he wouldn't be where he is today. We have to be like that in the spirit. We have to strive. Strive to enter. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not be able. Once the door is shut for you, your door could be shut today. Tomorrow, this year. One thing is for sure, everybody's door in here will be shut one day. We have all the books on God. We have Bibles on every nightstand. There are Bibles in every hotel. You can listen to preaching 24 hours a day, every day of the year, on your TV, in your car, on your phone. There will be no excuse. There's no excuse. What side of the door would you be on if your life was ended right now? What side of the door would you be on? Christianity is so personal. It's your personal relationship. If I had a wife or, you know, if you had if you have a husband or wife and you didn't talk to them for four days, or if you only talked to them on Sundays, how good would your relationship be? Hey, it's Sunday, honey. How are you? Let's, let's eat today. I'll see you next Sunday. How good would your relationship be? You wouldn't have one. But yet, we think we're going to have a relationship with God when we do that. It's, it's, it's alarming. We only tell other Christians about our, about our walk. We only share our faith with other Christians. It's like flashlight tag. You guys remember that? It's like you turn on your flashlight. Oh, you see my flashlight? Oh, that's your flashlight? That's what Christians do. We don't tell anybody else about God. A lamp is not to be hidden. You're supposed to go around adding salt. We don't want to disrupt our way of life because our way of life is so great. Because it's God that's given you that way of life. But we can see more morality around the globe is starting to just decay. We are. I mean, everybody... 20 years ago, 2000, you're like, how is it going to happen? How is Jesus going to come back? And then you start seeing it. Now it's, it's literally tearing away. We're going to be looked at as, we're going to be persecuted. Christians will be persecuted in the USA. It's all said and done. Jesus will not beg you to be saved. He'll draw you. And if you reject it, that's on you. You have an example of this in the Bible. That's the rich young ruler. Matthew 19, 16 through 22. Matthew 19, 16 through 22. Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. 
But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. He went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Jesus told him how to be saved and he went away sorrowful. Think about that. Because he loved the world more. Do you love the world more today? Jesus didn't chase after him after he went either. Jesus told him, this is what you must do to be saved. And he left it at that. He didn't go chase after him. Hey, 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 you sure you don't want to be saved? Hey, are you sure? Are you sure? Strive to enter the narrow gate. Once the door is shut, it's shut forever. We can't even comprehend that. We can't comprehend it. You can't comprehend the terror that will come over. And you will hear this message for eternity. This message, every time the Holy Spirit tried to draw you, every, try, every time the Lord tried to speak into your life, at any church or any place, out, in, you will remember that for eternity. We love the world. We love the world. I heard a pastor say this, and this is so true. We all know Judas. We all know that he spent three years with the Lord perfect with the word of God. He, spent, he saw all the miracles. He saw the books and books and books and that still didn't change his heart. You can posture yourself against God. You can posture yourself against the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not going to be changed. I don't care what I see because I don't think it's you. Judas kissed the door to heaven and did not get in. You can kiss the door to heaven today and not get in. Why? Because you believe culture. You know what we have? We have more faith in what our grandmother told us than we do the Bible. We have more faith in what our doctor told us than what the, than the Bible. And you know, this is just truth. Look, this is just truth. This is not to beat anybody up. This is just how we need to reprogram us. Lord, reprogram us this morning. We believe in some old wives' tale that, that three generations ago told us that our family is still holding on to that has no bearing in anything. You can literally see evil entering the church. Judas was religious. I'm, I'm sure he didn't like get drunk. I'm sure he didn't cuss. I'm sure he didn't do all things. The thing is, it's not about that. You should not do that because you're a Christian, but you do it because of the life that Jesus gave you. Hey, I want to hold on to this life more than I want anyone to take it. That's the gospel. You get saved. You get radically changed, right? Because he did a work in your life, and you know he did a work in your life. Then you try to live as holy as you can so he can use you. It's not to see how close to the world I can get before I fall off the cliff into hell. No, it's not. It's like, Lord, you know, and it, look, if you mess up, mess up in Christ, that's totally different. If you mess up, pick yourself up in Christ. You repent. You'll Look, we will still, unfortunately, keep sinning after you come to know Christ, but you have to know when to repent. And it's not, it's different than a lifestyle of sin. It's different. You can literally see evil entering the church. We see this in other denominations. It's happening in the Methodist church now. We know that it's wrong. You cannot sit under a homosexual pastor and get to heaven. That's just truth, and it's going to get a whole lot darker by the time it's all said and done. But look, if you went to that church and you pulled people, people probably think they're going to heaven. That's, that's the mind. Look, you keep rejecting truth. You keep rejecting truth. And God gives you over to whatever it is that you think you want. But you ever have this? You ever have something, I want that so bad, I want that so bad. You get it, you're like, it's not that good. Oh, yeah. Because what I've learned 
is what God has for you is so much better than you could have even thought for yourself. It's out of your thinking. Whatever you're thinking you want right now, God's over here and he has so much, something so much better for you. Like if he tells us not to commit a um, fornication and you're out fornicating, all you're doing is delaying the person that God has for you. God's not going to give you a godly man or woman when you're out there sleeping around or you're out there doing things you shouldn't be doing. Look, God's not going to give you a God-fearing or a woman-fearing man and let you do that mess to their life. But he wants that for you. He wants you to have the spouse of your desire. We know other denominations are having problems. They have religion. A lot of people have religion. Your theology is based on your experience and, what, and not what the Word of God says. We can read we're supposed to cast out demons, and we never do. Meanwhile, evil is literally permeating every part of our society, and the church still does not want to do what Jesus has instructed us to do. We are spiritually weak. We think we can teach people to speak in tongues and hear God's voice. The Holy Spirit has to baptize you for you to speak in tongues. It's done by the Holy Spirit. I can't show you. Know how you, you know you hear God's voice? You sit around in your private closet and you pray to Him and then you will hear His voice. Do you know how you speak in tongues? You get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If I'm doing it any other way, it's like Simon the Sorcerer. I'm trying to buy it. Why don't I just throw a $5 bill at it? Everything that we do needs to be done through the Holy Spirit. Why do we believe things that are not in the Bible? Why do we believe it? Put away culture. Put away tradition. If it goes against God's word. God's word. Look, if you have a question, listen. If you have a question, God, go to the Bible and read it. And whatever it says, you change your will to say, okay, this is what it says. This is what... What did Jesus instruct us to do? Mark 16, 14 through 18. Mark 16, 14 through 18. Later he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had been those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is an instruction. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. So listen, and these signs will follow those that believe. If you're a believer today, in my name they will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We need to do what Jesus says. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Because Jesus set you free, because Jesus saved your life, because you're not on your way to hell, you want to do these things. They should even come naturally to us. What we do is we think we're saved, so we're not doing these things. And that's that's the hard part. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But what? But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. What's the will of the Father in heaven? I just told you what it was. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Look, it's so taboo now, but listen, we'll, we'll leave here, we'll go to a psychic and not even think twice about it. Do we understand? Do we understand that witchcraft permeates our society? You probably can't even pick up on witchcraft because there's no discerning of the spirit. We come into agreement all the time with things we should not be agreeing with. Right. 
James 1, 21 through 25. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, continues in it, and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, that is one who will be blessed in what he does. Look, you're not saved by works, but your faith works. So you get saved, and then your faith, it's all about faith. You step out in faith, and God will meet you there. This day and age, we become a lukewarm church where everyone goes to heaven. We think if we don't drink, we think if we don't cuss, we think if we don't commit adultery, we're, we're on our way to heaven. Do you know that lukewarm Christian is an oxymoron? Because if you're a lukewarm Christian, you're not a Christian. Today's believers don't show their don't share their faith. We don't share the good news. We don't have a prayer life. We don't read the word of God. We live like the world. We live defeated. Do we understand we're in a war? We don't win the war out there because we don't win the battle here first. Once you win the battle in your mind first, God's going to equip you to go out there and, and then push back on this darkness. Let me ask you this. What would Jesus say well done to in this to this church? I mean, to this, this body of Christ at large? What would Jesus say well done to? How are we going to have no prayer life, be defeated, do all these things, and then we're expecting to enter in the kingdom and hear a well done, my good and faithful servant? Are we are we crazy? Are we are we totally Missing the point? Dixon and Chris, you can come up. Look, this is not to harass you. This is so that you understand what it takes to get to heaven. Picture this. Just, just, just for a minute. Everybody close your eyes. Let's just do one of these things. Picture it's judgment day. Picture it's Judgment Day. And you see two men next to you, and you ask them their name. And one, one says Paul, and the other one says Peter. And you're like, Paul, Paul, and Peter? Like, the Paul and Peter? And they're like, yes. You mean the Paul, the God used to heal sickness, disease, who cast out demons with handkerchiefs or aprons? He laid on a young man that died and he lived. He cast demons out of a girl. They beat him and put him into prison. From the Jews, five times he received 40 stripes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Once you were stoned, Paul. Three times you were shipwrecked. That Paul, Paul that wrote most of the Bible, New Testament. And Peter, you preached an anointed sermon one time and 3,000 people were saved. You walked on water, you healed people with your shadow. You were delivered from jail by an angel. You put the fear of God in Ananias and Sapphira for lying to the Holy Spirit. You raised people from the dead. They would say, yes, brother. What is your name? My name's Chad. And I sometimes went to church if my schedule allowed it. What's church? You know a place where you go sing three fast songs, two slow songs, take an offering, hear a 20-minute message, and then you're out, then you're out the door unchanged. You give the Holy Spirit five minutes at the end of service to move what's called an altar call. We pray and leave. Paul will say, Yeah, but I thought you were a Christian. What did you do for God? I gave like five percent, you know, for tithing. Sometimes I didn't because I needed my money more. I mean, I don't know, Paul. I don't really go, so I don't know much about it. You know, people would go forward and God would touch them. They would tell some stories of 
They would tell some stories of what God did in their life. He'll say, yeah, but you had the same access that I did. Is, it, is anybody hearing me today? He had the same, we had the same access as they do. People say, tell me some stories of the new covenant. Going house to house, breaking of bread. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The signs and wonders. And Chad will say what? I don't have any stories, Paul. Because I'm not really a Christian, Paul. And Paul's going to say, well, you didn't know him. You didn't know him. I just went to church on Sunday. I didn't listen to anything the Word of God said. I just went to church to try to feel better. And I thought I was getting into heaven. We know what we're called to do. But we have to win the battle in the mind first before God can use you out there. Paul and Peter are going to look at you and say, you didn't have any persecution either? There was no persecution? You're going to say, no, we had no persecution. So you have big stately buildings, air conditioning, you have cars to get you to and from, and you didn't do anything for God? We all need to repent, all of us, me, me included. Oh, how deceived we are. Lord, help us. Wake up this church. Wake up this body. Wake up. Wake us up, Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. We need a revelation of the majesty of Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe on us. Don't you know if we don't get a move of the Holy Spirit, what are we going to do? sense of urgency I have. And this is why I spent two weeks, because I know this is a hard message. We take the Word of God so nonchalantly. Like, I'll read it, maybe. Maybe if not. God still loves me. He loves you, but He will not chase you. Like He did not chase the rich young ruler. He's given everybody the same opportunity to repent, to know Him. It just supposed to be a powerful bride and we're weak we're down trodden we're not seeing any lives change if this doesn't stir you if you don't have a heart for the lost are you a Christian we have to have compassion for lost people we can sit up here and sing until we're blue in the face, and if we don't do what he says, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just going to open the altars. I don't need to plead the people to come. If you want to pray, you come up and pray. God is worthy. God is worthy. If you need him in your life, if you want to rededicate your life, we'll pray with you. If you don't know Christ, as your Lord and Savior, come up, we'll pray with you.
Brother Chris is going on a little trip. And those that want to come lay hands on him, come lay hands on him. We're going to pray for a safe journey as he goes for a couple weeks to some of your homeland. Yeah. He's going there to meet Mrs. Goodman. Just pray for him. Oh Lord, we just lift up Brother Chris to you, Lord. We ask that you give him the traveling mercies he needs. You keep him safe. You protect him, oh Lord. Lord, let the meeting that he has planned, let that be in your will. Let that work for your goodness. Let everything be There's no one you won't be down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. God bless you all. Stay safe. Have a great week. There's food in the back. Lord, we pray a blessing upon the food.